Today's message has been brought to you by Faith Family Church in Billings, Montana. For more information, visit faithfamilybillings.com. All right, good morning. Welcome to everybody that's joining us online. Uh, let's go to Zechariah chapter 10. Ready to pray here? Got my alarm set, so we'll stop on time. <laughs> or, or at least we'll be warned anyway. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I heard Andrew Womack say one time that uh, he never finishes, he just pauses. <laughs> and that's true. But you know, if you're, if you're, uh, my dad used to say you're full of it. But if you're full of something, it will come out, you know. It just works that way. So uh, Brother Hagin used to say to us, you need to be saturated in the word like a sponge with water. So that if anything just brushes up against that sponge, the water comes out. But if anything brushes up against you, the word comes out. That's what comes out. So we want to be that way. Um, we are in a time, and thankfully the Lord's always helping us, but really helping I'm grateful he's helping me understand more than I ever have. Uh, the Ephesians prayers, when you pray them, Ephesians 1, Ephesians 3, uh, like with anything spiritual, you don't, always, uh, you don't always see the manifestation. And sometimes it can take uh, years to get understanding about things. Um, and people don't like to hear that. But... Yeah, I've found it to be true in my life, and probably anybody that you've talked to that's walked with the Lord for a while would say the same thing. And the reason why that is is just simply because you can't, sometimes you'll ask a question that can't be answered until you know something else. And, it, and the Lord isn't just into answering just to answer. Does that make sense? So what I mean by that is simply this. He wants to, he wants you to understand it. He is a, he's a principled teacher and instructor. So what does that mean? He builds what? Line upon line, precept upon precept. He doesn't, um, he doesn't just throw all the knowledge he has at you. Um, I've learned this, you know, I used to quote, especially when I was younger, and it's a good thing. I would quote, younger in the Lord, I mean, I would quote, uh, you know, we have an anointing from the Holy One and we know all things. Do you know everything? <laughs> we know the one who does. But I will say this, even everything he knows doesn't mean you get to know. Isn't it wonderful? Have you ever been frustrated about an, not having an answer? Um, I'm probably the only one, so I'll just use me. Because you all are wonderful saints. Amen. Praise God. <laughs> I've been frustrated about not having answers. Like sometimes I actually, people have been, people think I'm mad at them or I'm mad in a situation because in carnality I've expressed things too much in the flesh instead of in the spirit, right? I didn't, I didn't enslave my flesh like I should have to the spiritual fruit within me. And I wasn't frustrated with people. Um, or situations, or even in a conversation with somebody, I was more frustrated that I didn't have the answer. Because I like to have an answer. You know, have you ever, 
you've been working on something with the Lord, praying about it, and you're in development, and then you see what it is, that feeling of like, <laughs> relief. Okay. And what I've noticed, though, then there's another question. <laughs> there's something else, right? So then the Lord moves us on to another level of spiritual development. It just takes time. Now, the wonderful thing about, uh, and the Holy Spirit was saying this to me this morning through when I was getting ready. He said, how do you increase the influence of a seed? How do you increase the influence of a seed? You have to plant it. And you have to cultivate it. And, unless, and then you have to tend to it. And then you can multiply it. But unless you plant it, tend to it, and cultivate it, you'll never have increased influence of that seed. This is how you multiply. So you may say, well, what does that have to do with prayer and us? You are born of divine seed. That's what the scripture says in, in, in Peter, first or second Peter, I can't remember which it is. I think it's first. The only way for that seed to gain a greater influence in me personally is if I tend to that seed and cultivate that seed. Now, here's some wonderful truth about seed, and we know this. Um, I've studied this back years ago. Um, but seed can actually sit dormant for hundreds of years, thousands. They've actually, they've actually had seeds from... They pulled them out of the tombs in Egypt and planted them. And guess what happens? They grow. So it doesn't matter if you've been sitting on the seed for thousands of years. You know what I mean? 10, 15 years, maybe you've been sitting on a seed that is a grace in your life because you have Christ in you, but it's never developed. Why? Never cultivated, never tended to busy doing other things right but but how do we increase the influence of the resurrection in our personal lives and then in others we of course we pray how many think rain might be important in the in the cultivation of a seed but when it comes to power concerning concerning rain it's not an issue of the, us praying the lord's power source up and people sometimes think, well, yeah, but as prayers, we make tremendous power available, dynamic, and it's working. Right, but we're not increasing the strength of the power. We're increasing the receptivity level. We're increasing the availability. God is all-powerful. He's on go 24-7. God never, you know, uh, you know, sometimes people think, well, yeah, uh, God rested on the seventh day. Not because he was tired, because he was done. It wasn't like God was like, I got to take a nap, boys. Angels, you take care of everything. I need to sleep for a whole day. No, no, he's on. The Bible says he never sleeps nor slumbers. He doesn't get tired like you and I do. Now he knows how we feel because Jesus got tired. Jesus got physically tired. But... To, to increase the influence of the seed, there has to be 
the development of what's in that seed. Well, how do you, it has to be placed in the proper environment. It has to be watched over and tended. There's a realization that there's an enemy trying to steal the seed or the effects of the seed. There's so many passages of scripture. It's the small foxes that spoil the vine. Uh, the, the parable of the sower. We're talking about the condition of our heart and the ground. And then the cares of life. Still, still talking about the condition of our hearts in our lives. There are many Christians that have great seed in them. A lot of it. Especially in, I would say, in what we call the word of faith movement. We've heard a lot of word. How much of it is working? These are the questions that I ask myself. Okay, how much of the love of God am I walking in? Paul made statements like this. Check yourself to see if you're in the faith. Well, why write that to Christians? I mean, they could be irritated. Of course I'm born again, Paul. <laughs> and they probably were, you know, knowing the nature of us humans. <laughs> Can't believe the preacher said that. Preacher said I was supposed to be more mature than I am. Preacher said, I'm supposed to be an example. Do you know how much stuff I got going on? I don't have time to be an example. Actually, you don't have time for all the other stuff. You have time to be an example. Right? <laughs> if we've heard it once, we've probably, I've probably heard it 10, 15, 20 times. People have said, um, talking about our church and coming here, I've grown more in this church than I have in any other church. And sometimes you're talking about people have been in church for 20 and 30 years. Actually, Heidi got a, an email, was it the, last week, of somebody that had, had, had attended here and moved, and they made that same statement. They're now in a different place, a different church, and they missed the church here. And they made the statement. They've grown that much. Now, why is that? Is that because, boy, I'll tell you, the, the, the pa lead pastor here is just amazing. <laughs> no, it's not. That's not what it is. This, we just stick with this. And when you eat healthy, you be healthy. <laughs> I, I have, we've run across these situations recently, and I'm going to give a prophetic word here that the Lord gave me. But uh, we've run across these situations. I've, you know, I've made comment about, uh, about uh, people have said to me, you know, we would love to come to your church. They go to another church. And they've made this statement. But we have so many friends in our current church. And I understand what they're saying. Okay? I'm not like impervious to emotion. I know it seems like it. But I'm not impervious to it. Okay? <laughs> Sometimes, right? I'm not impervious to it, okay, in that sense. I understand what they're saying, but think about what you're saying. Now, it's not about coming to our church. What I hear is, I'm starving spiritually. We have a social club, and we're intertwined socially and emotionally. And you say, how do you know it's that way? Because I watch the attitudes. I watch how people respond and react I've watched it we've we've dealt with it here I've dealt with it in myself they ride the tide of ups and downs when you're fed spiritually 
and you're strong spiritually, you're steady. Even when something conflicts your emotion in the, in the midst of what you're doing, if you stick with the word, you come out just balanced as can be. And you walk away and you go, we made it through that. And then it starts to build a backlog of trophies in the trophy case. Come on, how many of you ever in your high school, wherever, you walk by the what? Trophy case and you see, I went to West High and they had, I mean, we went, when Kylie was going to school there when she was a sophomore, that was the last year she went, right, sophomore? <clears throat> I would walk down those hallways and we had a, there was this big brick uh bench all along one side which was called jock rock anyone else go to west high and you know okay so in the mouth of two or three witnesses all right and that was because i guess at that time all the athletes sat there i mean everybody sat there you know mostly it was junior if you were in and senior rock because if you're a senior you own the school and so you get to sit there you know <laughs> Which, you know, whatever. Anyway, so I don't want to get off in my thinking here. But you go down the hallway and you'll see all these teams and their trophies and the place that they placed and their picture is there. Well, in the spirit, we're supposed to be able to go back and go, oh, yeah, I remember in 1996 when I got born again, there's a victory trophy right there because of the Lord. And then keep walking down the line. In other words, there should be fruitfulness that's seen. Right? There should be, and if people sometimes think, oh, no, I'm not really that way. We are as an entire culture. We're actually built and created that way to win. That's why people compete so much in sports and all of those things. They want to win. They want to be the best. They want to, what they don't realize is it's a spiritual hunger, not a natural hunger. It can manifest itself in the natural, and that's not necessarily wrong if the spiritual is in the right place. But have you ever read about so many different athletes that reach the pinnacle, you know, they win the Super Bowl two or three times, and they feel just as empty the next day? And they thought, well, if I get this and succeed, then I'll have it. What is that? That is spiritual starvation. Now, here's what's interesting, because the other day I was uh, talking to Heidi about some things, and then I, was it Saturday? What day was it? Mo last Monday? I know we do a lot. We talk a lot. It's amazing. It's like we live together, work together, you know. All right. But the Holy Spirit, we were talking about something. And I was doing my devotion, and I was just praying. I think it was Monday. We'll go with that. Oh, no. Here we go. 317. What day was that? Friday. Okay, Friday it was. Let's go with Friday. That's why I put the date down, right? <laughs> and the Holy Spirit spoke to me, um, and I was doing some studying. Actually, I was doing some studying on Malachi 3, on the storehouse. And I'm going to share a little bit this in the tithe and offering today, but um, I was thinking about that and thinking about what the storehouse was in this commentary that I was reading, which actually Andrew Womack's commentary. But he said the primary spiritual storehouse in the New Testament is the local church. And he started talking about what a local church is to do in feeding, counseling, marriage, uh, you know, end-of-life care, 
he, he put burials, you know. <laughs> um, all of that kind of stuff, you know, there's the fellowship of the believers. But the primary source of your spiritual food should be the local church. And his point is, is he's, a, he's, a, it's, he's a separate ministry, right? He's a traveling, more of a media ministry, stuff like that. He does meetings and then takes off. And uh, he was talking about where you get fed and how you get fed and the importance of giving where you get fed. Where you're, he said, because the biggest problem is, he said, uh, he said, now if you're not being fed in your church, and this is a, this is a great statement, but a dangerous statement. He said, then you should give to wherever you're being fed. That should be your primary, like the, he used the word bulk of your giving should go to that place. Well, it's a dangerous thing to say. It's a, it's a right thing to say. But any truth has its, right, ditches, right? So, um, but his point was, is that the local, he, he's made this statement. He said, I wouldn't even have a Bible college if the local church did what it was supposed to. You say, he said that. I was in the room sitting there with my daughter her being ready to go to Bible college. You know, that blesses a pastor. <laughs> Not that I think we're going to increase our sowing of the word. It's just how we do it. I can't have 100 services a week, so I'm going to do 100,000 videos. I'm not kidding. I'm going to do teachings and video and develop PDFs and teachings to go with them. I mean, not just me, but others. And we are going to put them out. We are. Um, Because you need, I am very for people getting saved. But I am very for them not starving to death afterwards. And uh, anyway, it's in me on that. But the Lord spoke this word to me, and this is what I was getting to, and this is what we are praying for and need to be. But the Lord said this to me. I heard it. I just, you know how the Holy Ghost speaks, and you just know. I'm talking about inside of me. I didn't hear anything out here. I didn't see a vision, none of that. Just his spirit to my spirit, the Holy Spirit. He said, the spiritual starvation ends. Now, here's what's weird to me. And I've, I've developed, I've had to learn to think about what God says. Because males have to learn to think. Women have to learn to think less. Just to go ahead and get that out there for the marriage counseling. <laughs> oh, that, I enjoyed that. I was just. <laughs> I may need some usher protection after the service, whoever. <laughs> But what's weird to me is how much information is available. Then why is there spiritual starvation? Maybe it's not the word. Maybe it's fluff. Not doctrine. And I'm going to say something here, and I want you to judge it. Go ahead, because I've thought about it. You always need to judge these things. But 
there's been an in, in increase in, in God, and God has done it, of the emphasis on the apostolic and the prophetic ministries. But in the midst of that, we've gotten a lot of muddy water in the church. And if you're feeding on prophecies more than the word, you're missing God. If you're chasing after your favorite flashy prophet and listening to them more than you're reading your daily word and studying this book, you're missing God. They are not, prophets do not feed the church unless they're delivering a teaching from the scripture. And them grabbing a verse and trying to apply it to something is not feeding the scripture. Now that it may be legit, God may be, have legitimately given it to them and it may be something that applies, but are you judging it? Well, I don't want to be, I want to be loving. Good. If you're loving, you'll judge it. If you want to be a benefit to any minister, you'll take what's taught and take it back to the book and go, is, excuse me, is it right? With a non-biased heart. What do I mean by that? I mean, you're looking at this honestly going, okay, Lord, show me what I need to know. And where is this? Now, let me help you. In the new covenant. Okay? Because in the church, we have popularity messages and trends just like the world does. That's why I tease about like skinny jeans or, you know, smoke machines, all of that kind of stuff. I'm not against uh, necessarily something being presented with current tech and things like that at all. What is the substance? You do realize that the world uses emotion to, to hook people. They understand it. Do you know, they, do you know uh, businesses study what smells cause people to buy more? And they put it in the air. They do it with music. They do it with uh, decor. They do it with all of that stuff. Well, there's things that are okay there for the church to use, right? There's, they're neutral. As long as our motivation is right, it's okay. But what is the primary concern of the church? Mark 16, the Great Commission. Matthew 28, discipleship. Is the great concern of the church politics? Is... The great concern of the church, politics, it is not. It is not. Should we as the church be involved in politics? But why? To win souls, disciple believers, and be salt and light. So your taxes will go down. <laughs> I... I'm all for all the breaks you can break, okay? I mean, it irritates me that on certain things that I can't take advantage of when I go see my accountant. And Heidi has to tell me, remember, don't get mad at the accountant. It's not his fault. Okay. So we go in and I, you know. 
Okay? So, but that's not, what is my primary focus here? It's what? It's the kingdom. Will the kingdom affect politics? Yes. Come on, we're supposed to be salt and light everywhere we are, but what happens is, and this is what's going to take place. There's the alarm. As we pray and advance the kingdom and we use our authority, the main purpose is to win souls and disciple souls. We are here populating heaven and plundering hell. We're harvesting. The main purpose of our spiritual authority is not to take over the world. When Christ returns at his second advent with the bride, then we'll take over the world. But while we're in the current dispensation that we're in, before the rapture of the church, you do realize that Satan is loose and humanity still has a free will. And as long as we are in an age where man has a free will, guess what not, will not happen? We will not take over. Now, we'll be an irritation to the spirit of Antichrist, which we should be. Right? We should cast out devils, set people free, do everything Jesus did. Do everything the apostles did. That's how we live on a daily basis. But with the understanding that we are part of a much bigger plan that's in operation. So even though, and we should pray for our leadership, we should pray for our government, all of those things. But why? Don't take that verse out of context. It doesn't say that we're to take over the world. It says we're to pray so that we can preach the gospel in peace. Because why? It's easier. Does it say you're supposed to pray? Does, did Jesus ever leave the implication that you deserve a problem-free life? So why do we think that? Because we've gotten away from... And people are prophesying in an echo chamber. What does that mean? Well, I like what that person prophesied. I'm going to prophesy that. And I want it to be that way, so I'm going to prophesy that. What is that? That's not judging prophecies. Against the written word. Not against this person looks like the current style of prophet. You say, what do you mean by that? Leather jackets. Music while you prophesy. Guys, music and style does not prove you're a prophet. At all. Okay. Hallelujah. Calm down, Sean. <laughs> the sword of the Lord and the sword of Gideon. I just, I'm like, <laughs> I can see Satan. And I see, you can see what he's doing, you know. And so I'm not irritated with any of you, but I am irritated with the enemy that influences the sheep. Ugh. I just want to get in the ring. Right, we're in the ring. All right, so, but under the Lord's authority in his way. So, <laughs> there's, this, there's this reel on Instagram. And uh, it, this lady comes on, or this, this image comes on. I always tease Joy about this. And it says, how do you know you're at a worship conference? And she starts walk this person, maybe it's a lady, maybe it's a guy, I don't know. But anyway, it doesn't matter. They start walking around and showing all the jean jackets. But see, guys, 
there are churches that that's, that's their identity. Come on, the clothes they wear. How shallow. Now, I'm not busting their chops, okay? I'm just saying, come on, let's not lose the focus of what we're doing. Trends are trends. You know, a long time ago, uh, the, the jeans that had the bigger, what are they called, flare things? Bell bottoms, but what did you, what are the girls called? Flares, okay, better than flare. okay. Anyway. They were, they were really popular. And then we went to skinny jeans, and now what's coming back? Yeah, the 70s. So what if, will the Holy Ghost flow in tremendous power in the church if we all show up in flares or bell bottoms? Do I have a second? Is there a second? All in favor? I'm all right. For those of you watching online, somebody said, let's find out. So. <laughs> oh, we, all, all, we have to have long hair. We have to have short hair. We have to have beards. No beards. The women can wear makeup. They can't wear makeup. My God, wear makeup. I'm with Brother Hagen. If the barn needs two coats, give it two coats. You <laughs> yeah, my time is up. <laughs> Uh-oh, Kathy's running off. I did it. That was the end of it. What, what are, the, what are the, the, the things in Scripture that are important? The fruit of the Spirit. The greatest of these is love. Don't complain. Don't gossip. Don't live in bitterness. Forgive. Yeah, we're going to lay hands on the sick. Yeah, we're going to cast out devils. All that stuff, of course. But what is stability? It's the word of God. Don't chase every prophetic word. Don't. Don't do it. You're just going to get yourself into... What I've found with people that chase that stuff is they're in fear. Guys, the, the Bible says in Matthew 24, and the Bible says in Timothy, that things that are evil are going to increase in these last days. And they are. They have. I mean, the level of influence of communism in this nation, which is not a, it's not a political view, it's a demon. But the level of influence, how has it gotten in? I just preached on this last Wednesday. How has it made its way? What has a, a certain political party done in embracing certain ways of living and acting? Now, when you're an adult, you can do whatever you want. Guys, 
How is it less of a sin, you Republican? Please tell me. Because you're wrong. Ezekiel chapter 34. I I was watching a a prophetic word from a minister um, yesterday for 2023. And one of the things he said is that in the church, that reformers are going to rise up. There will be reformers. And I believe it. I have a book in my office by uh, Robert Slaredon called The Roaring Reformers. And it's about Luther and Knox, John Knox and these different guys. Uh, Bloody Mary, you know who Bloody Mary is? Not the drink. (laughs) Okay, but Bloody Mary, she said, because she worked with the religious system of her day to kill a lot of people. Um, But she said she feared the prayers of John, John Knox more than any other thing, any other army, any other force. That's a good thing. People are like, oh, no, that's not love. Oh, it's love. Because eternity is a long time to spend in flames. And reformation has to, there has to be correction in reforming, transforming. Maybe we should call them the roaring transformers. (laughs) The problem is you end up then with copyright issues (laughs) because of the movie. But you understand what we're saying. So when we're praying for rain, and we're going to pray here, Josh, do you have that music that we're going to use? But anyway, uh, Ezekiel 34, verse 24 says this, And I, the Lord, will be their God, and my servant David, a prince among them. And I, the Lord, have spoken. I will make a covenant of peace with them and cause wild beasts to cease from the lands, and they will dwell safely in the wilderness and sleep in the woods. I will make them and the places all around my hill a blessing. And I will cause showers to come down in their season. And there shall be showers of blessing. So what I feel like and what I sense in my heart, and we're continuing to move toward this, um, is simply this. That we are going to be, there will again be a day as we're walking where the Israelites experienced light in Goshen. And there was darkness in Egypt. Right? They were side by side, right? So we're going to be a bright light. Well, being a bright light is, is wonderful, and your, our light and our saltiness can increase based on our level of temporal walking and temporal sanctification, right? The enslaving of our bodies to righteousness. But in the midst of that, what makes us brighter? The stuff around us gets darker. Now, God doesn't tell us that to scare us. He tells us that to prepare us. Because do we still have the victory? Did the children of Israel still live in blessing in the midst of darkness? Absolutely they did. They were so blessed. The enemy paid them to leave. Hello. They can pay me to leave. Amen. And we are in 2023. We are entering into a year of justice. What does that mean? That means the Lord's going to hand some things out and we're going to see some things take place or begin to take place, especially over the next four years. That could be shocking to the world, but to us, we'll go, yep, there's the Lord. Yep, there's the Lord. Yep, there's the Lord. Oh, we're still blessed. We're still provided for. We're still in faith. We're still living in victory. 
Amen? Because we have the Lord with us. So let's pray. Do you want to come or do you want to stay down there? You can sit down there if you want to. Okay. Take the mic, yeah, and just sit down there if you want to do it. Yeah. Okay. So let's pray for a few minutes here. I know I went longer, but I felt like that was good. There was there was stuff needed to be said. So Father, we do we come before you in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you that this is a year of victory, that this is a year where we are praying for the rain. I mean, we'll continue to pray for the rain, Lord, that the waves, those manifestations of your spirit, wave after wave after wave comes to pass in this church and in this city. And so we do, Lord, we lift up this city, we lift up this church to you, and we ask for rain in the time of the latter rain. Lord, we know that the rain, the rain of your spirit manifests through the open gates, the open doors of your church, the prayers of the church. Lord, that we are those that make tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. So I want you to do this right now. Where concerning your family and the church family, begin to just declare as you're praying, I'm praying and tremendous power is moving. So we do, Lord. We pray in English and we pray in the Spirit. We thank you that tremendous power, tremendous power is activated and operating in our lives, in our homes, in our families, in our kids, in grandkids, in, in, in kids that are at home, in kids that are at school, in kids that live other places. Tremendous power is moving. Rain is Coming down, coming down, manifestations of the glory, manifestations of the gifts of the Spirit, lightnings, the lightnings of heaven are hitting, the lightnings of heaven are hitting, the glory of the Lord is in abundance, in abundance in manifestation in our families and in our lives. Lord, we thank you that you're speaking to the children. You're visiting the children. You're, ma- you're manifesting by the Holy Spirit those things which you said would come forth in Acts chapter 2 and in the book of Joel that we are seeing the manifestation of the glory. Satan, you are defeated. You are defeated. And we declare to you that you flee in the name of Jesus as we submit to the written word of God to the Lord. You have to flee. And we, we thank you, Lord, that tremendous power is here. Tremendous power is here. Tremendous power is here now. Tremendous power is in us, with us, around us. Everywhere we go, every place the sole of our foot treads, every tremendous power, tremendous power. We know this because of the book of James. We know this because of our position in Christ in Ephesians 2. Oh, yeah, that level of freedom, that level of experienced freedom coming way up, 
way up, way up. Growth spurts, growth spurts in the name of Jesus. I say, Loseo, Leo, Seo, Sekasuna, Andrew, Eri, Ephra, Bosta, Kesa, Maya, Merazibro, Bosta, Kasapra, Ephra, Pikisi, and David, Yoja, Balepo, Balepo, Dimidi, Diezo, Bodosu, Kobora, Deyashiko, Romanaya. Yeah, yeah, that victory. That victory is ours in Christ. That victory is ours in Christ. And there's, there is that multiplication, that multiplication that is taking place. That multiplication both corporately and individually. Individually, corporately and individually. Oh, the increase, the increase, that increase, Lord. Oh, the increase of the influence of the Holy Spirit in families, in children. Because of the discipline, because of the spiritual maturity. We do, we plead the blood. We plead the blood of Jesus. We plead the blood of Jesus. Ah, thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness, your mercies. Lord, for the reversal of certain things, the reversal of things that bullshit in ignorance and in, in disobedience we sowed. But there's forgiveness and there's change. There's change. No, your mercies, they endure. Mercy triumphs, triumphs over judgment. Mercy triumphs over judgment. But those that won't repent, justice, yeah, justice will come. Esta 
Thank you, Lord, for your great power. Oh, thank you, Father. Thank you for the manifestation of your glory, Lord. Thank you, Thank you for the manifestation of your glory. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. I want you to see this. Uh, we're done now, but I want you to see this. Everything we just prayed made tremendous power available. And it's operating in your life and it's operating in this church. It is working. And there is tremendous power moving. Now, do not be moved by what you see and feel. Stand in faith. But the Lord brought this scripture to me concerning justice. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, and uh, I believe it's verse 6. It says, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you and give relief to you who are troubled and to us as well. That is what Paul said by the Spirit of God, right? And, and that's in 2 Timothy 1.6. He will pay them back with trouble. Um, another translation says it this way. It says, uh, um, God is just. He will pay back trouble to those who trouble you. In his justice, he will pay back those who persecute you. So he will. Now let's not get impatient about it. But let's stay in faith. We want them to repent. And so sometimes people go, well, God, you're not doing it fast enough. He's doing it so he gives them opportunity to repent. Aren't you glad you had opportunity to repent? All right. Bless you. You're free to go. Thank you for taking the time to listen today. If you would like more information about Faith Family Church, including service times and location, visit faithfamilybillings.com.